Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning, Central Indiana. It is 11.06. Welcome to the First Day Show. We're brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips. They're real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Realty. This is open house day, and they, they'll join us here in just a little bit to talk about uh, a topic that I know is relatable, whether you are moving or or not moving or buying or selling. Uh, go to, to CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com to get in touch with these two. They are a dynamic duo, and we're crazy about them. Also, check the value of your home by just simply going to HoosierHomeValues2023.com. <laughs> I'm Terry Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> what good timing. I was hitting I was trying to, I, was, I wanted it that way. <laughs> Terry Stacy here with you. Uh, Denny Smith is here too. Hi, Denny Paul. Good morning, Terry Lynn. How good are you? Good morning. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for stopping by once again today. And also Kylan Talley, who is producing the show. Hi, little one. Good morning. Give a shout out to the Facebook page. Go follow us and like all of our posts. The first day with Terry Stacy. Get little spoilers on what's to come on the show. And a little shout out to Linda Shoemaker. Linda is always following along on our Facebook. And she is always interacting. If you interact too, I'll give you a shout out as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you a million times. We want to grow those numbers for sure. And each and every one of you are important to us. We thank you for that. Uh, All right, so we've got so many things we want to get to today. So many topics that are in the news. As you heard, Violent Weekend once again here in Indy. uh, The Dolly Parton Library expanding all over the state. I thought that was an interesting topic because our reading scores are so awful here in the state of Indiana. Uh, IndyCar is in St. Louis. There was an incredible crash last night. in NASCAR at Daytona, Chris Boucher won. Boucher, uh, Boucher, Boucher. I, I never know how to say his last name. I promise you, I know who he is. You I just can never. It? I butchered his Boucher name. Boucher. Uh, Ryan Priest. Uh, Ryan Priest was involved in the most horrific crash I've ever seen, and we will talk about that in just a little bit too, and also give you an update on how he's doing this morning. But uh, you're always welcome to call us too at three one seven two three nine nine three nine three. That's the number of call the number to call if you'd like to get a hold of us. And on the phone right now is one of Denny's friends. His name's Todd Scoggins, and Todd was at the it was actually in the audience for the first twenty twenty four Republican presidential primary debate on Wednesday night. And Todd, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. Thank you so much for calling. Denny, he's your buddy. He's my buddy. But I tell you what, this man has been (laughs) incognito. He was up in the hills of Virginia. I like to never got a hold of him. Todd, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you getting back down where you can get four bars on your on your phone. For those of you who do not know Todd, he's a little bit of a renaissance man. Uh, Todd's an architect. Yeah. He was a stay-at-home dad. He raised a beautiful daughter named Savannah who was tough as nails. This is a little girl that would fall off her bike would never cry, get right back up and, and go. And he's got his son now, Jack, who is, is he a junior now, a senior? How old is Jack? He's a, he's a senior, and oh he's about gosh. three inches taller than me. <laughs> and to say that I remember when he was born. But listen, brother, you got to go to the Republican convention up north. Yeah. And the first question I have for you is, why'd you go? Well, I got an invitation. I've So I have friends that are with Mike Pence's campaign, and they reached out to me uh, last week, week before last, and uh, offered me an, an opportunity to, to go and, and be in the audience. Each candidate is, is, is given a certain number of seats, I guess. 
that they can divvy out. And uh, you know, Denny, I mean, how did I how did I get the privilege of the invitation? I I'm going to tell you <laughs> candidly, I, I, they probably needed seat fillers, Denny. You know, they like need the butts in the seats. <laughs> well, you're a good you guy. You have yeah, you have been a videographer. <laughs> you have been a, um, a, a what I call a vision guy. Um, are you doing any political uh, vision work or any political uh, videos or uh, promotions at this point? Some. My media studio is is we still we still work with uh, political candidates, but uh, I say all the time I I don't work for politicians. I support men and women that I believe in who I believe are going to stand for the right values. So uh, when those opportunities come around, we jump at them. Did you have you been to a debate before? No, that was the first time, and it was really interesting to be inside the room, and uh, especially there where the the moderators did not have any uh, you know prohibition on the audience as far as how they responded. We weren't required to you know to remain silent. We could you know people could cheer and respond or or however they wanted to. They just uh, admonished the crowd to remember that uh, as. as as long as you keep cheering or, or however your response is, you're just taking time away from the candidates and their responses. That's all they told us. So it was really interesting to kind of sit there and listen to the to the really different responses from folks in the crowd. Uh, Todd, were you in specific tribal areas? I mean, did, did you hang out with any of the other candidates or were you basically all in the Pence camp uh, and at the same point in the same seats? We seem to be um, all over. Uh, I had other friends who were there and uh, who were also also there under the same invitation from the fence camp, and and they were not in my section. So no, it didn't seem um, as if as if we were all you know in groups. We were just dispersed throughout the throughout the stadium. A lot of people don't know you, Todd. I will. I would need to fill them in just a little bit. Uh, born in '69. And really, was you are you in my? It was an important part. No, no, no. That's an important part because it give you a rough idea of his age. But from my standpoint, Todd, you're one of the most positive thinking men I've ever known in my life. You you sang with up with people. Oh uh, wait a minute! Hold on, everybody. Yeah. Seriously, you sang with up with people. I, I did. That, man, you're really stretching my memory. That's going back to a lifetime ago, Denny. Well, you must have that been 30 years ago. How 30 years ago? Okay. Well, I remember but, yeah, up so with was, people. But yeah. he's just a positive, positive guy. So my next question for you, uh, how uh-huh. did you come what did you think about who was on the stage, how it affected you looking at America? Has America got a lot to look forward to with this uh, group of, of folks up on the stage? Mm. How'd you feel? You know, I think there is a lot for us to look forward to. There are on that stage we had we had eight, and of course we we have nine candidates. But we had, there were eight candidates on that stage, um, all of them very capable, all of them co- very accomplished, and all of them bringing a, a real diverse menu of ideas. And that's what was really interesting. Um, the uh, you know the audience responded very differently to to different candidates or different ideas, and they didn't always agree. The, the audience didn't always agree. Oh yeah, we we picked that up. Right? We did. Well, we I really did. It was an. Yeah. I, I must say, it was entertaining. It really was an entertaining yeah. and in, yeah. of of. You know, that's the first thing that comes to my mind was I was entertained by watching what I was watching happen on stage. Yeah. It didn't change my mind about any any one in particular just yet, but I was impressed by those that I was yeah. I was surprised that I was impressed by some of them. All right. Yeah. Todd, yeah. Todd, did you pay your own way uh, or did they put you up in a swanky hotel, fly you up their private jet? How'd you get up there? And are, did you pay for it? <laughs> I, the tickets were free and I, I drove up. And uh, in fact, this is interesting because I'll be curious to know maybe from you because I've heard nothing from 
from um, you know public polling or anything because I drove up and then I drove myself home after the debate. I got home. Uh, well, I drove home Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Got home Thursday morning, about four thirty in the morning. Got a few hours of sleep. Um, had to go to a board meeting on Thursday, pretty much all day, and then packed my gear Thursday night. Back to bed, up early Friday, and then off to Virginia. And I've been in the hills of Virginia ever since with no connectivity. So I've heard nothing. Are you making? Are you making moonshine up there? What's going on up in Virginia? <laughs> no, I'm. No, here. Here's the thing. I, I think yeah. from what I have heard, and Terry Lynn and Kylan, you can correct me. I think that Vivek uh, Ramaswamy mm-hmm. was received very, very well. Uh, I think that um, um, Rick did okay. Everybody did okay. This Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, he DeSantis did, did, did It says here, our Republican debate, according to the Washington Post, mm-hmm. Washington Post, uh, they did a poll before and after the debate, and it looks like it is Ron DeSantis and Ramaswamy. They yeah, both I don't, won. I don't think... Uh, I don't think Pence got hurt. I don't think that very many people got hurt. I think a lot of people were turned off uh, by the blimp from New Jersey, but uh, those are just my social mm-hmm. comments there. Yeah, it looks there. like Ramaswamy, 26%, DeSantis, 29 Haley, 15%. Yeah, she did pretty well. Uh, Burgum, yeah. 1%. I've never seen the yeah. fella before. Uh, Christy, yeah. 4%. Tim Scott, who I thought did a pretty good job, 4%, and then Mike got 7 Yeah. 7% of the votes. So there you go. Well, did, listen. Did Vivek go up or down? Vivek went uh, up. He did go he, up. He was interesting. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Isn't he interesting? He's interesting. Well, I say that I say that only because being inside the room, it uh, it felt like uh, he did not have a good night from inside the room where I was. I love this. Uh, people see him. Yeah, yeah. No, your around, perspective. I mean, I mean, you're sitting there in the seat. He started strong. He yeah. started very strong, but when you made that comment about I'm the only one up here that's not bought and paid for, something yeah. about that just landed flat with the audience, and I think he had a hard time recovering since then. Yeah. But with Mike Pence, I had opportunity after the debate to express this to Mike. I said, I appreciate that you shared your personal testimony of faith yeah. in that context to a worldwide audience, and uh and he just he smiled and he said, and I worked him in, didn't I? And I said, yes, you did. Sir. <laughs> he did. Yes, he did. And, uh, Todd, I've got yeah. a couple more questions for you. You went through sure. a, a, a terrible period of personal illness and you've survived all that. But you posted something about getting into a tub of ice water and sitting your ass <laughs> in that ice water for I don't know how long. What is the matter with you? You're doing that on the back porch? Oh, sure, yeah, right out, right, right, right there where you used to live, right next to me there. So you, yeah, you got to try it. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, it's it's amazing. All right, I, so tell us I about that. You, you're taking an yeah. ice bath. How long are you in there? About five minutes. About five minutes. Um, my son started doing it first. Uh, he runs cross country, and he was just upstairs in the bathtub, you know, just icing his legs after after he would run. And <laughs> I had heard about it, done some research on it, and decided to go all in. No pun intended. And bought this tub. It's on my deck. I fill it with the garden hose. I you know dump about forty pounds of ice in it. Get it down to about forty, forty five degrees. And then uh, just one, two, three, and down you go. And yeah. stay there for about five minutes. It's great for inflammation. It's great for for energy and mood <laughs> and uh, healing. Boy, it's, it's I, I joke, though, Denny, that my favorite part of getting into the ice bath is getting out of the ice bath. I so. but when I get out, it's, it's incredible. It's really... <laughs> say, just because I actually have a little bit of experience with ice baths, I would say yeah. doing an ice bath in Virginia would be awesome. But <laughs> the most recommended yeah. place to do an ice bath is in a hotel, so you don't have to pay for the ice. Just oh, a that's a good tip. Uh, <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Todd Scoggins joining us. He's the chairman of the, the Board of Architects in the state of Indiana. Uh, went to Ball State. Two wonderful kids, uh, has been my friend ever since they moved in across the street. 
and uh, just again the most positive man in America. Yeah, and I want to ask him one me. question before he goes. Go. Before he goes, did being in the audience, they always say it's different, obviously, than yeah. what we're seeing or even listening. And uh, did it change your not? You have to tell us, but it did it change your mind about a particular candidate that you that's surprised you, and you might start listening to a little bit more now. It did. And I think it did for a lot of people. I had several conversations going into the room, and the question was pretty gen- general, like, okay, well, who's your who's your favorite? Or who do you like coming in? People would say, well, I, I think this about Ramazami, or I think this about Tim Scott, or I've got this thought about you know Mike Pence, or what have you. And people were exchanging their ideas. And I, you know, in those conversations, you you listen, and you're, you know, you know that's a good point. Yeah, you know, I hadn't thought about that. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that. And there was a lot of that going into the room for a lot of people. And that diversity of ideas coming off that stage, that's what our republic's about. We're a citizen-run government, right? We're supposed to be yeah. able to have these conversations about public policy and and, uh, and and not come away hating each other after the conversation, but come away hopefully enlightened with you know, something we can work with. Amen. That's exactly man, the way Todd it should Scoggins. be. I'm so glad to get that we got a chance to talk to you, Todd. Thanks for calling in this morning. And uh, we've got another one that's coming up later this month, another debate. And uh, let's stay in touch with you. Yeah, I sure appreciate it. Yeah, let's send him off to that one, too. Yeah, let's send you to that one, too. We can't, we can't actually pay for that one, but you go ahead. You, can, you go Todd, and report back. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're our Todd, new reporter. Uh, say hey to Heather and Savannah and Jack for us. And uh, always, always the best, buddy. You're the best, okay? Love you, brother. Thanks so much. This is the first day, 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Now you're feeling so alive. You're on a roll and you know you're going to show. Yeah, it's time. 1125. Good morning to you and you and you and you. Bicentennial Plaza, Bicentennial Unity Plaza. This is a new public space. It opened this weekend and it's made possible by Pacer Sports and Entertainment. I spoke to Danny Lopez, Vice President for External Affairs and Corporate Communications. We've got some events coming up today. I talked to him about this new space. I, I like to call this the most Instagrammable moment uh, downtown or Instagrammable spot downtown. It's just a wonderful spot. We've been working on this. It's sort of the capstone of the Fieldhouse of the Future project. Um, and we've been working with the CIB, obviously, as a partner, and the Lilly Endowment as a partner to really enhance all of the public art elements on the plaza. But if you've not been out there, it's, it's, the, it's adjacent to the, to the uh, Fieldhouse, connected to Gamebridge Fieldhouse on the north. You can't miss it if you're driving on Maryland or on Penn or on, uh, or on Delaware. You'll see it. We've got two massive public art uh, sculptures out there by uh, an international artist, Herman Mejia. One is, uh, is called Together. It's two arches that don't quite meet in the middle. There's a limestone, uh, Indiana limestone cap on, on them. And, and it kind of shows how far we've come, but how far we, we've left to go as we try to you know, uh, unite the city and unite people around the city. And then the other one is Sphere, which is a really cool uh, interactive piece, which you can walk into. It's all LEDs. Uh, and we can show, we can have information on there, we can have videos on there, we can have other logos and things on there. But the space itself is a basketball court. We'll, we'll convert that to an ice skating rink in the winter. Just a lot of green space, places for people to sit and have lunch, socialize, gather, uh, and enjoy the city uh, against the backdrop of the skyline. It's a pretty cool element. You know, we've spent so much uh, energy and, and there's been so many resources spent on making Gamebridge Fieldhouse uh, a destination, a, a set of experiences that go well beyond a basketball game or a concert. But it's, it's really experiences within the experience. 
and tying the the uh, bicentennial unity plaza to that is a big big component of that it's something that we'll be we'll be able to integrate into our existing events but it's also something that opens up the near east side neighborhoods to the downtown it creates walkability all across from the near east side neighborhoods all the way to to white river or to lucas oil so as a connector for our downtown, which we know is a big selling point for us as we're trying to get conventions here or other big events, uh, the connectivity that it helps create through the downtown is important. That's Danny Lopez, by the way. Yes. Please go ahead. Yeah. At the Unity Plaza, if you go today, there's a basketball clinic for kids aged 6 to 14. Free. Bring your little kids out there, 1 to 3. It's just in a little bit, so you can still make your plans around that. It's been a great grand opening weekend. It has. I went out on Friday. It's a beautiful it's space. gorgeous. The art. And oh, this, my it's, I think it's going to be. And again, th- that will be a skating rink in the winter. Woo! There's a lot of things happening. They also have a uh, fever pregame festivities, too. Right? Isn't there a fever game today? I do believe there is. I think so. I know that it is a free food Sunday at the Indians game. <laughs> you know how kids, I like that. Kids eat free. The free food and the, the you know kids from only there, the kids the I guess. Yeah. The kids eat free uh, today at the Indians game. I think that's a one thirty five game that begins. Uh, yeah, so there's plenty to do today. We're also going to check in. There is the big Hoosier Hardwood Festival that is taking place in Boone County, Denny. I know that you are a uh, carver by nature. Uh, and so as, you're gonna... as a Boy Scout, yes, but as a human, uh, an adult human being, no, I haven't done it. But it's I love, cool I love seeing it. I do too. It's know. an unbelievable talent. Uh, okay, so it's eleven twenty-eight. We have sixty-nine degrees in downtown Indianapolis and cloudy skies. And this is the first day show. We're brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips. They're real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Realty. CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com. Also, who's your home values twenty twenty-three? If you'd like to see what your home value is at this very moment uh terry stacy along with denny smith and they're here they're here here. hey greg how are you good morning we're awesome how are you guys today all right lisa are are you guys together today i'm here oh there we go well listen i'll get right to it i i I follow the 10-year treasuries and i follow all my guys out of new york and and out of jersey but they're telling me that mortgage rates are clearly the 20-year high and and pretty tough for homeowners or home buyers to face right now how should a potential buyer approach their financing if they need a mortgage to buy a home? I mean, what's what's step one, two, and three? Well, Denny, the most important thing is that they have to be, the home buying public needs to be really good consumers right now. Because, you know, when, when rates were two and seven eighths, whether it was two and a half or two and seven eighths, or, you know, we weren't really all that worried about it. But we have an exponential effect on our finances right now because rates are so high. So they need, they need to explore all their options. They need to understand that all lenders are not created equal because some have different kinds of loans that might be better for them. And in general, this is a very big due diligence time period for for homebuyers and sellers, uh, but for different reasons on the selling side, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Lisa, then really, can shopping for the best mortgage rate really, really, honestly, don't lie, really make a difference for (laughs) homebuyers? Well, I try not to lie, Terry. Wow. Um, I mean, (laughs) no, she's not a liar. I'm not a liar. So, you know, <laughs> different banks and lenders offer different programs. And so we do have a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of different first-time homebuyer opportunities actually out there with different um, programs. Ooh. So different lenders have different programs and different borrowers obviously have different situations, which can put them in different rates. So there is a lot of shopping and pre, you know, do your due diligence before getting into where you're trying to buy a house. Greg, a few years ago, actually 40 years ago, when Volcker was the chairman of the Fed, uh, he raised interest rates so high 
that it was really hard for people to come into the market. And they came out with a new product called an adjustable rate mortgage. Now, as it turned out, those people who did that at, at that period of time, they came out smelling like a rose because rates dropped and everything worked out. But are they a good option? And, and what makes any ad, uh, adjustable rate mortgage a better choice right now? So here's the key, Danny. Adjustable rate mortgages are a key and they are helpful um, because we do anticipate at some point they're going to slide back a little bit. We don't know exactly when that is. Um, we've been surprised by the fact that they've continued to go up. But here's what you need to look for if you're going to look at the difference between a 30-year mortgage and an adjustable rate. The spread between one mortgage rate and the other needs to be enough to make it worth your while. In other words, if the 30-year that you're looking at is 7.5 and the 5-year adjustable is 7.25, there's really not that much of a savings in there. Not but worthy. if the rate is 6.2 or 6.3, then you're talking a real significant. So you need to shop that hard and make sure you get enough to make it worth your while and your monthly payment to go with the adjustable. That's Greg Cooper along with Lisa Phillips. They are real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Realty. Lisa, are there instances where buyers can ask sellers to help lower their mortgage rates by buying down the interest? Yes. So there's going to be a couple different scenarios. If you're placing an offer on a house that, let's say, been listed in the last 10 days and you come in with a strong offer and the sellers are a little bit nervous, you can ask for that because it's going to be on their net sheet, which just means they're, you know, we educate the sellers that if you are getting this kind of a term Mm -hmm. on on your house, that it's just a net number because you're basically helping them buy by giving them money, giving them money at closing to buy down that. Also, I would say that, you know, going back to Greg and the arm also, if you're not going to stay in your house for more, like, again, if you are relocating a lot, you know, your plan is maybe you're only going to be in the house three to five years, then an arm is definitely something to look at. Okay. All right. Greg, you and Lisa both know how nervous I am about this kind of step. This is a huge step of buying a home with everything right now at the market. Should buyers just wait for the rates to go down in the future to buy? Well, I'm going to sound like the realtor here for a minute, but my my intentions are pure. And here's the thing, Kylan. Basically, in three years, let's just say that it's going to take three more years for rates to come down. I don't think it's going to be that long, but let's just say somebody bites their lip and accepts the higher rates and are willing to refinance as they come down. Here's why that's a good thing. When rates come down, we're going to have a flush of buyers into the marketplace. The inventory will still be lower than the number of people who want to buy, which means the prices of homes in central Indiana and everywhere are going to go up really fast when rates come down. You will have bought in at today's number, and you won't have to worry about competing again. You won't have to worry about losing the sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 in equity or $30,000 in equity that you might make over the next 30 months because you decided to wait. Uh, again, I, I know where the realtor is, but the bottom line is your financial worth will be better off if you jump today and don't wait for two and a half more years. Wow. So then, Lisa, with this remaining low inventory, there's not a lot of options, right? Will these higher rates affect home sellers for this fall? Again, no, there's low inventory. So if your house is priced well and is what the market is demanding, so your kitchen's updated, your primary bathroom and bedroom is updated, you're still going to get a premium. You're still going to get pretty much what you are asking for. If you are backing up against a loud road um, and different other warts, as we talked about last week, you might have some struggles. And so the rates do affect you because, again, a buyer can now come in and maybe negotiate down um, 
like we talked about points so they can kind of work that so you still will sell your house just might not it's not going to be for the spring price uh, unless it's nasty then you're not going to sell it let's just be honest here <laughs> There we you go. got a nasty house, you got to clean that. You got Greg. a nasty house, you got to clean that. You're not going to sell it. That's the voice of Greg Cooper. No, he's really no. right. Of course he's, he's right. right. He's right. And Greg sometimes Co- you need a Greg Cooper to tell you that. Yeah, Greg Cooper. So, but I sell nasty houses sometimes, and I can do it. Maybe Greg can't. If you got a girl. If you've got a house that smells like your teenage son's lacrosse shirt, you're not going to sell. Let's be honest. I like that. Here's the thing. The thing I like about oh you, too, gosh. is that I come away and I don't give up. I mean, you're so reassuring. You know what the market is. Right. You've been up and down. So I guess the message is do your homework. Don't give up on your dream if you're looking to buy that house. T- things change, but you got to do your due diligence when you're not able to do what you want to do. That means get out there, explore the mortgages, keep looking at the market. And I'm, I'm telling you, the markets will change, and so will interest rates. You guys are the best. Now more than ever. Yeah. From, from, from your mouth to God's ears, Jenny, now more than ever. Super yeah. important. <laughs> you can find these guys at Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate, crossroadscollectivehomes.com. They're the very, very best. We'll talk to you all next week. Thank you so much, Kylan. Hey, and if you did miss that episode with us talking about the warts, go check it out, right? Go check it out, WIBC.com. Find those episodes because these people are filled with knowledge and it's all stored right there. Thanks, guys, so much. We'll talk to you next week. It's the first day on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Sunday morning. It is 1141. That is the beautiful Kylan Talley along with the very handsome Denny Paul Smith. Wow, I never knew you noticed. I'm Terry Stacy. <laughs> I have that recorded for you, Denny. Hotter than a $2 pistol, Terry Stacy. It is uh, uh, last day for the Hoosier Hardwood Festival at the Boone County Fairgrounds. If you're looking for something to do, they've got lumberjack competitions. Twinkie the Water Skiing Squirrel Woo! is here, everybody. Food, music, demonstrations, camps for kids, and maybe you'll be brave enough to get into the tank and do a little log rolling. Brett Franklin is there. Had a chance to talk to him. He's a logger and timber buyer with Tri-State Timber down in southern indiana i asked him how he got into the business i'm over the timber procurement we also have a a stave business where we manufacture white oak plank for bourbon and wine barrels so the last couple years i haven't been in the woods myself like i used to used to be but i'm getting old (laughs) why is white oak the best wood for bourbon barrels it's the flavoring the white oak puts out 85 percent of the flavor for the aging and and it's quarter song so it it won't leak well deadly wildfires are in the news and i was just curious if here in indiana we've had wildfires years ago the foresters used to have fire trails through through our forests. i don't see it as much and and during my experience no i've not experienced where We've had wildfires just take off. There's been controlled burns. So part of our management practice is, you know, going in looking for the dead and dying trees and trying to um, promote the growth of, of the next crop of trees coming on. So our foresters are looking at that when they go through and review a forest. Indiana's got approximately 4.9 million acres of forest ground. 
and 84% of it's privately owned, so that's a, a great thing um, for Indiana. It's a $10 billion annual economic impact for our state. And a lot of people, a lot of people think of Indiana as a crop, corn, soybeans, more of a row crop. Um, but if you throw timber in the ag mix, you add corn, beans, wheat, you can throw in poultry and pork, add them all together, and timber's still our number one crop in the state. We have a 2.3 growth rate versus what is harvested a year right now. So Indiana's got a, a great deal going. The state's been planting trees like crazy. Trees are planted. When we cut, if we cut a poplar tree down, the sunlight comes in and the seeds are in the ground and literally hundreds of thousands of seedlings pop up immediately. So that's the great thing about Indiana is, you know, the regrowth, the regeneration of our, our forests. Uh, Mother Nature does a great job for us, you know, where the pines get replanted, but our hardwoods come back. So That is Brett Franklin, and he's there, logger and timber buyer with Tri-State Timber down in southern Indiana. It's a fantastic uh, place to go to see everything at the Boone County Fairgrounds. Um, the, the woodworkers, the artisans, the crafters, there's a beer garden, uh, festival food, and live entertainment continues today. You can save a couple bucks on your ticket at HoosierHardwoodFestival.com. And again, that goes until 4 o'clock today at the Boone County Fairgrounds festival in Full of Food. Oh my gosh, festival of food, and uh-huh. you can you can do the log rolling, yeah, yourself, think, yeah, yeah. I think this Twiggy the squirrel must be a fourth or fifth generation. You're right, Twiggy's Danny. been around for decades. Twiggy, Twiggy has been around for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, has a great story. The owner of Twiggy is awesome, and uh, they have had squirrels forever. And as far when he was a little boy, they were raising they were not raising squirrels, but they were rescuing squirrels. And Twiggy just happened to be the most beautiful squirrel of all. So. Go on out to uh, the <laughs> and lumberjacks. I mean, have you know, fun. How can you oh not gosh. not be happy about a lumberjack? Well, uh, Denny Smith sure. is coming up, and Denny's going to be talking about. And this is really an important topic because investing since in today's investing since Denny is going to talk about the resumption student, of now. student loans. Oh my Blech. gosh. You talk like about a bucket of spaghetti with octopus in it. It's it's terrible. Even Denny, we asked him if he'd look into this, and Denny, because it's coming up. The deadline's coming up, or it starts. Is it October first? September, September first is when it starts, but yeah. the payments resume in October. It's, okay, it's a mess. It's a mess, and even Denny, who knows all all of this stuff, he says, <laughs> you know, this don't, don't blow nasty. me up. I'm just saying, my this head is, rough. is full. You need to be here for that. It's 11:45. You're listening to the first day. Thanks for joining us this morning, right here on 93 WIBC. Bucker up, Buttercup. When the road looks so rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed, you just remember what your Danny old dad said. Boy, you got a friend Danny. You know, there's always a day when things come around and you keep putting them off and putting them off. And if you've got a student loan, if you're one of the hundreds of thousands of folks with student loans, and I don't say kids anymore because there are people with student loans that are in their 50s and 60s now. Oh, yeah. I know them. Live with them. The student loan resumption, it started, there was a moratorium that started in March of 2020. And that meant that you didn't have to make payments and the, the percentage rate or the loan rate went to zero. And that was mandated 
Well, now the Department of Education and is, has said the jig's up. We're, we're going to start it all again on September 1st, and it's got a lot of people in panic. And quite frankly, it's not time to panic, but it is time to grind it out and figure out what's going on. I'm going to encourage everybody with a student loan. And look, uh, a lot of people have had student loans. Um, Jane and I, when we got married, we had $8,000 in student loans. Uh, Jane's first job was, was <laughs> like $7,500. So you know, we, the, you, you adjust and you, you make it work and you get them paid off. But these hundreds of thousands of people, they've got to go to studentaid.com. That's where I'm going to point you. At the end of June, the Supreme Court struck down President Biden's forgiveness plan. So you got to pay him back. So the moratorium's coming to an end. And in spite of a lot of accommodations that are out there, for instance, doggone it. It's his watch again. It's my watch. I got to figure out how to turn that off. But if you um, have a loan that is 20 years old, or if you have for a baccalaureate degree, or for a master's degree, you have one that's 25 years old, there are special provisions that you might get forgiveness. But if you're under 20 years... It ain't going to happen. You get forgiveness if it's older. Yeah, it happens if you're older. And again, people in their 50s with $80,000, dollars $100,000 worth of student loan debt, it's not going away. It's it's there. We call it a financially transmitted disease, an FTD. Okay. I don't like that. I know. Well, nobody I does, but it's followed them their whole lives. And it, get, there's not an ointment for it, that, is there? <laughs> but it, it's, really there hard to, it's really hard to buy a house. It's really hard to buy a car when you've got that big hickey of a of a student loan hanging over you. So the education department said that interest rate does not accrue during the moratorium. That's good. So wherever you were as of March of 2020, that's where you're going to start again next Saturday, September 1st. So things resume in September, but the payments, the first payments aren't going to be due until October. So that gives you a little bit of time to get your house in order. But remember that the revised plan has a, as you, um, is as you submit what your earnings are, it's called the repay, R-E-P-A-Y-E plan. If you can get into that, now see how complicated this is? You uh, think it's yeah. just gonna be a two minute, this is what it is. No, but there's all these sub-programs, but the repay plan might save you $100 a month. So if you have 20 or $30,000 in, in student loan debt, if you can get into some of these programs that they have, but the only way you're going to do that is going to studentaid.org and put in your information, which they already know. And a lot, here's the biggest thing. The people that were servicing your student loan three and a half years ago, these guys have been trading these things off. So you might be with student loan company A, and as of September 1st, you're with student loan company C. You've got to figure out who's even servicing your loan because things have changed. Wow. And if you even cons- though you signed with someone even else, though, Kylin, thank you. I'm even so, though you've kind uh, signed with somebody else, they've sold it off. Like just like mortgages are sold off. So anyway, they package them up and they sell them. But th- this is going to get crazy, and crazy's not bad, but crazy is still crazy. And here's the other thing, Kyle. Let's say you had two or three student loans, mm-hmm. and you consolidate them to get a lower interest rate. Everybody knows in the business what those three loans were that you consolidated, but you know, because you consolidated, you don't have access to some of the programs. But the Department of Education says, well, we got your back on this one. Well, we might come up with another program. So they have IDR guidelines that if the loans are 20 or 25 years old, they have IDR guidelines if you consolidated and you've got all this stuff. And all this goes back believe it or not, all the way to July 1st of 1994. That's when all these regulations first came out. Now, there was this unholy What alliance. was the name of that person that I'm, decided that? I am not sure, but... Um, 1994? 
I wasn't even alive then, and that is what's determining what's happening. To well, and I, here, here's the I thing: it's, it, a, it's a political hot potato because the people who have paid their way through college don't want to have to pay for student loans. Right. And on the other hand, the student—I I have a lot of sympathy for students who got student loans. They were sucked into it by the unholy alliance of politicians who made the student loan packages available such that they could keep their buddies in the universities raising their rates at eight or nine or 10 percent per year when everybody else's inflation rate was three or four. So what they did is they turned around and they would support those politicians at the universities because it was their paycheck. Well, now those chickens have come home to roost and somebody's going to be paying for it. I'm not saying that it's going to be the students. I'm not saying it's going to be the tax, the taxpayers. But this, if anybody can find the octopus and the spaghetti on this one, I'll be surprised. <laughs> uh, Terry, I put two hours in this. I went through the Forbes report, the CNN report. I went through all these reports, and it's a mishmash of crap. And the only way you can do it is, again, you, you want to go to that studentaid.gov studentaid.gov put in your information and do the best you can i tell you what if you get in a pickle reach out to me denny at wibc.com i'll give it the college try myself to try to help you but pucker up buttercup you know the the chickens are home and it's time to start paying on the debt you know you mentioned octopus i just saw the saddest story about octopuses (laughs) that's what you got i found an octopus garden and i didn't know this but octopuses when they females when they lay that i guess it's an egg i don't know (laughs) But they had thousands of them. They discovered thousands of them. And the mamas watch over them and they don't eat. They never eat because they're so worried about their, their babies. And so then after the babies are okay and on their own, the moms die. Oh. And that, Why did we have to? I don't, isn't that the, the no. truth about student loan I just, resumption? I just learned that. So I just saw that story the other day. It made student me sad. Is. Boy, that's a real buzzkill, Terry. I thought well, student loan resumption. Well, we've got another hour. I'm bad. going to wipe my tears. <laughs> Thank you, Denny, for the good investing sense. Studentaid.com. Studentaid.com. Another hour to go of this goodness. We'll see you around the corner after the news right here on 93 WIBC.